Hey guys, and welcome back to the multi-dimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Carr, and thank you so much for continuing to return to this channel for all of your sources of information about ayahuasca and much, much more. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Today we're going over integration tips um, for your ayahuasca ceremonies, and I'm going to be going over things that aren't just good for ayahuasca, but also just in, in general, if you're on a healing journey. So if you have no interest in ayahuasca, just stay tuned. We'll be going over some tips and some things that you really want to hear. Um, if you're looking to truly holistically heal in your life. Um, so first we're going to hear from some of our sponsors. Okay, guys, let's get right into it. So, you know, coming out of a ceremony is so, you know, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual. There are so many things that could be happening on a moment-to-moment basis, um, on a day-to-day basis. And if you really get into this work, you'll start things, you know, you'll start seeing things, you know, from um, year-to-year uh, as you progress in your in your journey with uh, with the medicine, and so uh, I've sat here. I've made a list of ten things that I can think about that are are really good for um, for integration. So some of them, you know, you're gonna already think like, well, that's totally a duh. But my uh, my intention is to go over the whys. You know, why, why is this important as we go through this? So, um, number one is rest, um, especially the day after the next two days after an ayahuasca ceremony, you know, giving yourself the space and the time to basically chill out, um, ceremony, especially if you're doing multiple days in a row, if you're doing a retreat or if you're just doing one night you know, if you're in a group setting, you've just been around a ton of people, you've been around a ton of energy. And so giving yourself that time to not only just be alone and be by yourself, but also making sure you're really getting deep, deep rest. Uh, You know, creating a bedtime routine for yourself, creating a a space for you to make sure you're getting anywhere from eight to 10 hours a night to really commit and dedicate yourself around this sleep practice. Um, Because the thing is, if, if you don't do that, you know, if you skip over that, if you, um, you know, if you're in a regular sleep deprivation cycle, if you have a tendency to stay up late and not tend to this then you're going to push yourself back into your uh, sympathetic nervous system, your stress center. Because anytime we don't get enough sleep, you know, our body will naturally crave that and we'll feel stressed out because we didn't get enough rest. Um, So really important. And then, and then you don't have access to all your wonderful uh, processing 
you know, your ability to be in your observer mindset, to have your immunity strong, you know, uh, to have the access to the deep, deep insights that are the fruits of our labor in ceremony. So you really want to tend to this. I recommend, uh, I will be going over some supplements um, later on uh, in the podcast, but I do recommend, um, you know, getting some magnesium glycinate, glycinate, magnesium glycinate, and also looking into um, other remedies like melatonin or kava or something like a relaxant at night that you feel comfortable with taking that's over the counter, that's um, is safe as you know, if you check with your doctor to make sure usually things like melatonin and magnesium are pretty harmless, but you just want to make sure. Um, so, so these ways, you know, you can induce uh, a restful uh, night sleep. There's other things that you can try as well that are a little more powerful, um, like L-theanine or 5-HTP. You just want to be careful with those if you're a regular ceremony goer, so to speak, because these things build up in your system and then you have to come off of them and that can create a whole cycle in itself. But um, so just finding a, a space for you to, you know, have time to relax, have a cup of tea, you know, wind down and get yourself ready to, you know, have a strong immune system, brain, body, soul, and spirit to actually have room and space to process these things. Because when we don't get enough rest, we definitely rob ourselves for space inside to to process because our body's too busy, like thinking about how much sleep I didn't get. Um, so creating a uh, number two, creating a regular journaling practice. And I would suggest, you know, start small and really there doesn't need to be any set way you do it. Really, you just want to focus on, you know, if you're a regular journaler, then you already have this intact. But if you're not, you know, buy a journal that when you look at it, you actually want to journal in it. You know, you feel a commitment, right? Like you kind of want to create a relationship a little bit as you go to purchase this. Like, does it feel like you're going to come to this every day and want to sit down with it? And this sounds interesting, but like I found out a lot of my journal blocks actually had a lot to do with like how my journal opened. And I know it sounds so strange, but I realized I didn't like journals that open like books. I liked, I liked like, um, journals that open like a flip chart. And so once I found journals like that, I was more able to like, oh, I really like this. You know, so you want to make sure it resonates with you, whatever journal you buy. And then you want to set up a little area that you're going to commit to. And the whole point of the journaling, I can tell you right now, I've done ceremony where I haven't journaled ever. And, you know, no one died, right? But I have began to journal more recently and by you know your week goes by and you look back and you're like wow I've made a ton of progress and you can see your process more clearly and you can really begin to reflect more because really journaling is a space to self-reflect um, you're really committing to your internal process 
um, that extends beyond the evening or the day of your ceremony. It's just an extension of what happened. And really, if you think about it, ayahuasca and ceremony is just another reflection of what life is. So you're wanting to continue that therapeutic process that you just worked so, so hard for in ceremony. Um, so that is, um, one thing to consider. And then the other thing too, is you can actually, um, create like, if you like meditation books, you know, daily, daily meditation books, I use, I'm I'm using three different ones right now. Um, I'm using one, uh, called the inner child or affirmations for the inner child. I use another one by Melody Beattie called The Language of Letting Go. This is for codependency. These are one of the things I'm working on in my life. And then there's a third one for adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families. And sometimes I use a tarot deck too. So this is another way to incorporate it in your journaling. Like it's a, it's kind of like a spiritual practice too. Like, you know, what, what does the universe have to say to me today? Because I can't predict like all the days of the meditation books I'm reading, right? Or I can't predict what the tarot deck is going to tell me. But it gives me another way to be introspective, to be self-reflective. And the fun thing is, is that sometimes there's synchronicities in what I've been told in ceremony and then also what's coming in my journaling. So it's that's when, you know, we're always looking for depth in our practices and we're wanting to really get something out of it, not just to do it. You know, not just to do it, to check it off, but we're really wanting to like enrich ourselves with these experiences and deepen them. So set it up in a way that feels extremely fulfilling to you. These are the ways that I have done it for myself. Number three is probably one of the most important things that I'm going to go over. And just so you guys know, I have a YouTube channel that goes or goes over mindfulness and the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and how important it is to tend to these parts of ourselves and our bodies. And so there's mindfulness, you know, uh, mindfulness, meditation, breathing, Why is this so important to cultivate these practices? And really, it's for you to be able to become an observer of yourself and stop being so reactive to your internal or external experiences. And so you can have more sovereignty and choice in your life. And I am a very physically oriented person. Like, I love the gym. I love exercise. And I think as a culture... We're very externally and aesthetically driven. And the thing with emotions and thoughts, those things are invisible. You couldn't tell what's going on with somebody unless they told you. And sometimes you can tell and sometimes you really can't because like all the masks that we put on sometimes. But if you think about mindfulness just like a bicep curl, just like if you think about breath work, just like, you know, hitting legs at the gym or doing a run or anything like that, it's the same thing. It's in order to create the observer mindset in order to build gray matter in your brain, you have to go to the gym. And the only way to do that 
is to do, you know, mindfulness sits. And so there's many, 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 many ways you can do this. Um, I would just, if you've never done this before, you just want to start with what I started with back in 2009, you know, just beginning to observe and describe your internal experience in a non-judgmental way. Observe and describe in a non-judgmental way. Fully accepting what's happening in the present moment, which is so, so hard for us to do, right? But it is the key. It's the way out of all of our, you know, our stuff. And so the amazing thing is when you do this on a daily basis, when you work on this on a daily basis, you begin to translate your practice into your daily life. So you can begin to catch things in real time you know, be able to feel things come up and notice them rather than being reactive. And is this perfect? No. Will you ever be triggered again? Yes. Will things get uncomfortable? Duh. And really, but you want to go from running away, avoiding, sabotaging, numbing out, doing some sort of, you know, maladaptive behavior emotional reaction, thought reaction, whatever, to just being like, wow, I'm noticing I'm feeling a ton of shame. I feel it in my body. I don't want to make eye contact. I'm curled up in the fetal position. I do not want to make eye contact with this person. And I'm criticizing myself. This is unfair. And what can I do about it? Okay, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to ground myself and I'm going to come out of this and face this very uncomfortable experience in front of me. This situation just happened to me last night, in fact. (laughs) And, you know, I would not be able to do that without, you know, and trust me, there was a part of me that just really wanted to shut down and be like, leave, you know, like, I don't want to deal with this. But, you know, that mindfulness cultivates an essence of choice. And geez, isn't it great to feel that I can feel my feelings and all the feelings come up and I still have a choice. Now, um, it's a little more complex than that. Just realize I've been on a healing journey for a very, very long time since 2015. So it definitely doesn't happen overnight. Um, It's taken me a really long time, but the work is worth it. And you have to start somewhere. So, um... So yes, a mindfulness practice, um, a sitting practice, focusing on your breath. Um, One thing I'm doing right now, there's a station on Spotify um, called Five Minute Meditations. And you just sit for five minutes and you, you you listen to the song and you just want to observe what's going on in your body and you want to focus on your breath. You want to focus on diaphragmatic breathing, belly breathing. And if you don't know what this is, one really easy way to throw yourself into diaphragmatic breathing is actually doing a fake yawn. And that immediately takes you to the belly breathing. You know, you want to focus on the belly breathing, slowing down your breath, slowing down your mind, slowing down life, getting into yourself. And that's probably the the most amazing things. I recommend that you close your eyes during this because you want to strengthen your internal world. We are so externally focused. 
you know, for many reasons, and there's not enough attention paid to the internal. So you, we have to make time for it. So the only way to do that is to do things like breath work and mindfulness and sitting and sitting with ourselves and noticing. And then that's where we can become a master of our internal world. Um, so obviously we can't always predict like how we're going to feel or what we're going to think. Right. But if we cultivate a sense of, um, you know, knowingness, confidence, uh, knowing when we're in our sympathetic nervous system, when we're in our stress center or when we're in our parasympathetic, we cultivate discernment. We know what's happening inside of our bodies rather than, you know, getting overwhelmed and exhausted and wanting to drive ourselves externally rather uh, to like avoid or numb rather than turning inward and being like, okay, what's happening? What can I do? So breathe, 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 breathe. There's, um, breath work on my YouTube. You can look it up the mindfulness journey with ayahuasca car. And, um, there's a whole mindfulness section that you can look at. Um, so we'll go to number four, um, supplements. So, um, I mentioned earlier magnesium glycinate. I really recommend that, you know, I mean, everyone, magnesium is amazing for everyone. Most of us are burning through it a lot quicker and a lot faster, um, because we just have such a high stress life internally, externally, and magnesium is one of the most uh, essential nutrients that our central nervous system needs. It helps calm the central nervous system. It helps with inflammation. Um, so you can just get that at your local, you know, health food store. And um, I recommend, you know, there's several forms. There's magnesium oxide. There's magnesium uh, chelate. And then there's magnesium glycinate that's the one you want to get that's the one that's the most bioavailable and um and then there's also omegas so omegas three six and nine also helps with uh anti-inflammatory um and and anything that helps with anti-inflammatory in our bodies we're helping combat any sort of um depression or anxiety inflammation can add to mental or emotional state. So if we're having other things run in the background, if we have other allies inside of us, if we have other solutions, we're, you know, treating the body in a more um, holistic way. So, um, and then vitamin D. Most of us are vitamin D deficient. Um, vitamin D is essential in um, a lot of central nervous system regulation, a lot of um, mood regulation. And when we're deficient in it, it can just really make us feel depressed. Um, so you want to get a good supplement. And I can't really recommend, you know, therapeutic doses or anything, but I can say what I do. And I take about 10,000 units a day. And I just started taking a liquid form of that. Uh, sublingually, so underneath my tongue, and I've noticed a difference. Um, I think the way we take supplements is really important. If you find that your gut health is is pretty damaged at this point, 
um, taking things sublingually under your tongue until you can um, get your gut health under control is really important because if your gut's not absorbing it, then, you know, it's like you're not able to process supplements uh, appropriately. But obviously only take things uh, sublingually when uh, safe. And I'm sure it's not going to be fun to take fish oil sublingually. But anyway, um, so uh, there's those are the, the three ones that I wanted to mention. Of course, there's other herbs or things that you can look into. Um, I would encourage you that if you feel called to a certain herb or a certain helper, um, especially post-ceremony, like I just recently, um, there's um, Rebo Cuspy, which I'm probably going to start taking within the next week or two, but this is a, a, a master plant and that I'm trying to build a relationship with the plant, right? So I was looking into getting a tincture of that. Um, but there's other herbs that I take around like ashwagandha or reishi mushroom or things that can just help our mood. And, um, you know, so I encourage you to do research around this, like what's going to help you, um, other things that I take for like mood stuff in between ceremony, I take 5-HTP, L-theanine, and SAMe, And all of those things are over the counter. And it's really important that you're not on anything else and you consult with the doctor before really taking any of these things um, because I'm not a doctor. So I think consulting is the best and safest way to go. Um, I think the thing is to realize like, you know, we don't have to do everything on our own. Like it's totally okay and natural and healthy to take supplements, especially if they're going to improve the way our bodies are. Sometimes our bodies like, you know, they just say you have adrenal fatigue and you need to do adrenal recovery. Well, you know, you need supplements for that. So on and so forth. So, um, so let's take a break and then I'll go over the rest of them with you guys. Okay. So the next one I wanted to talk about is community. Um, so there's a lot of ayahuasca integration support groups on Facebook. And I think this is really important having a place where we can process what's happening. And I think some of the themes that happen in these types of settings mm-hmm. are synchronicity. You know, people experiencing similar things, um, and it's even better if you can get into an integration support program that's offered through the same group that you sat with. Um, if you sat individual, obviously that's a different scenario, but there's still integration groups on Facebook that offer support, insight. And I think one of the things to keep in mind is that, you know, not everyone's going to hear you or see you the way that you expect them to. Um, I feel like those situations can also be potentially triggering, but also an opportunity for you to work through your stuff. So just kind of be mindful of that. But for the most part, it's really supportive. People are affirming, they're validating, and you, you know, you need that because especially if you're new to this type of work, it can be very isolating. You feel like you can't talk to anybody. And the truth is, here we are in almost 2020, and a lot, a lot, 
I don't I was try, uh, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is alive and real. She's not going anywhere. And in fact, we're progressing um, in terms of probably, you know, where we're going to be with it in the next five years. I mean, we're looking at decriminalizing and all these different things. And it's, it's, you know, the resources around it aren't going anywhere. So um, just know that you're definitely not alone if you just get on Facebook and find a community that suits you. And then from there, you know, you can create connections that you feel comfortable and safe with sharing what happened in ceremony. Um, the other thing I was going to say, uh, that brings us to number six is, you know, if you have big T trauma or, you know, childhood trauma or trauma that, you know, you're very well aware of, like you have PTSD, complex PTSD, as you guys know, I've worked on my own complex T PTSD over the years and, you know, some therapies to keep in mind that are evidence-based that are really good for integration, um, are, is, um, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. I have a YouTube of that on my YouTube channel, so you can go check that out. Another one, um, and EMDR is based on REM sleep. That's the theory. Um, basically being able to completely change a narrative, a core belief, how you somatically respond to things. Um, it's, it completely evaluates the subconscious mind. That is what EMDR is all about. It goes back to past events that are running your life. So that's why it's so key, um, because it takes a deep dive into, you know, why are you, why are the certain present triggers happening? It even has templates for present triggers and future and all that. Um, another one that's evidence-based is somatic experiencing. Well, EMDR was created by Dr. Francine Shapiro. She's no longer here with us. She passed away a couple years ago or a year ago, I think. And then, so an EMDR was created in 1988. Somatic experiencing came a little bit later. I forget which year, but it was created by Dr. Peter Levine. And it's all based on the central nervous system and basically learning how to master your somatic experience by sitting with uncomfortable emotions, by releasing things through the central nervous system. Everything is body-based in this therapy. It's all about, you know, noticing and witnessing what's happening in the body when you're just sitting in a room. I remember when I first started my healing journey and I went to a somatic experiencing practitioner and I was so stuck in fight or flight. I like couldn't even like hear what this woman was saying to me. And, uh, but it was very effective and, um, meaning that I've used it now after healing my own stuff. God bless that therapist soul. Um, I, I hadn't touched any of my trauma at that point. I was walking around the earth 27 years of, of baggage, right? And um, I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready to hear some of the things that she told me, which is very common when people go to therapy. And um, so being ready to go into a room and evaluate what your body does with your external environment and your internal environment would be the main shtick with uh, somatic experiencing. Uh, and then there's dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a coping skill, uh, coping, a set of coping skills that's based on Zen and Buddhist and mindfulness practices. Basically, um, learning how to 
um, confront your internal world non-judgmentally in the moment rather than reaching towards like self-harming behaviors. So this would be good for anybody who's prone to addictive cycles, who's, you know, self-harming cycles, um, that sort of thing. Um, turning inward and accepting the self. And there's usually, there's four modules, mindfulness, distress tolerance, emotional regulation, and interpersonal skills. Usually people who self-harm, self-shame, self-destruct grew up in homes where, you know, there was zero modeling for any type of emotional or self-regulation. And not only that, but they were invalidated. And so this really causes a person to turn inward and just figure it out however they need to because they don't um, know how to regulate themselves. They end up internalizing and oftentimes, you know, shaming and hurting themselves because of that. Um, so talking about it is really important. Sometimes trauma is uncovered in ceremony and that is like, you know, there's a whole another podcast, um, to talk about. And when this happens, it does need to be tended to, you don't want to ignore it or act like it didn't happen. You want to, you know, do something about it and knowing that there are several things that you can do about it is really, 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 really important. There's plenty of therapists out there. There's plenty of plant, you know, plant open psychedelic open therapists out there. You're not alone. They exist. You know, it's just a matter of finding, getting on the internet and finding these people. Um, I'm not too, you know, I'm not too sure where you're at listening in the world, but I can guarantee you can find somebody in your community that's on, on this wavelength as psychedelics and plant medicines really, really just are beginning to take over, um, the mental health community. Um, so, and then it comes to number seven, which is changes. Um, so changes, meaning like changes in thought patterns, changes in behavioral patterns, changes in, in relationships, changes in the choices you make, changes in your routines. Like, you know, sometimes we're shown things in ceremony that aren't really helpful for us. And so, and some, and, and so what are we going to do about it? And sometimes it's, it's just not even like behavioral, but it's like our intent behind things. So something that was showed to me in one of my ceremonies was like, you know, change, changing the way I have my relationship with social media and number one, slowing down and checking in with why am I posting something? Am I posting it for ego gratification or am I, am I in alignment with my sole purpose and I'm doing it for the greater good of humanity? You know, that was really, really shown to me. And, you know, I feel like for a lot of us on these platforms, all of us kind of have to check in with ourselves. You know, it's not a perfect process. Obviously, we're all going to have some ego-based stuff sometimes. But for me, like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that process was running in the background. And so she showed me that. Um, The other thing I was shown was like, you know, eating more at home was something really important for me to start taking care of myself. Um, When you eat out all the time, that's like a reflection of somebody else taking care of you. And maybe I needed that at a point in my life, but I really wanted to cultivate like that adult and parent inside of myself and be like, I can, I know how to nest a home. Like I know how to take care of myself. I'm very grounded. And that was something that wasn't very grounding in the beginning of my, um, my journey starting back in March of this year when I started, um, 
really practicing a lot more seriously than I have since I started this practice in 2016. Um, so anyway, those are just examples of changes. They can come in any way, but the key with this is, is just start small, you know, take a small step that you have very little resistance with, um, in terms of your changes. So, uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, gut health, super important. Um, our gut is connected to everything more importantly, like our, uh, our immunity and our mood and our um, emotions and that sort of thing. And, you know, when our gut health is off, we can feel it. You know, we, we don't feel as good. We don't, we don't have a sense of vitality. Um, and so taking care of our stress levels includes taking care of our gut because when you're in the sympathetic nervous system, going back to number three that we talked about, you know, if you're under high stress, you know, your digestion's totally thrown off, you know, your gut doesn't digest food the, the right way. So all of these are connected. I'm sure you're understanding this as we go, but all of these are very, very connected. And so some ways to strengthen your gut health is number one. You know, eating anti-inflammatory foods, lots of greens, you know, um, lot, I'm not like, you know, telling anyone to go keto or whatever, but just research this. I think I'm very, I'm not, uh, for me, I have a history of an eating disorder, so I, it's really not good for me to get into things like too hardcore, but what I've done for myself is like, what can I do? Like, I look at the list of anti-inflammatory foods and what can I start to incorporate in my life while remaining sane, right? So if I want something that's maybe not on the list, like I'm not going to kill myself over it. That, that might not be the case for everyone, but I think like for someone like me who's in, you know, I'm, I'm constantly working on my relationship with food. It's different. But you want to definitely look at that and an alkaline diet, anti-inflammatory, um, you know, watch your sugar, watch your sugar intake. Um, if you feel good when you eat it, great. If you're feeling really screwed up because, you know, like maybe you haven't been sleeping and you have adrenal fatigue and that's the reason why you're reaching for sugar, then you got to get your sleep in check. You got to get your you got your gut, you got to get your stress in check. So that's just a way to paint a picture how it's all connected. But some things that I do for my gut health are for sure going back to the supplements every day, taking a probiotic every day, taking L-glutamine. So probiotics, you know, increase good gut bacteria. It's really important to take a probiotic and it totally affects your mood. Um, you'll notice a difference for sure, if you take it consistently and you are mindful of what's happening in your body, L-glutamine is an amino acid that actually seals the gut. So if you're prone to leaky gut, which I am, um, and you know when I lived most of my life really, 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 really stressed out and just damaging my central nervous system and my gut. So in the last like three to four years, you know I've done a ton of hydrocolon therapy, total you know, ton of energy work total diet change. Like I don't eat gluten. I don't, for the most part, I don't eat dairy, but sometimes, you know, every now and again, I, I know my body now what I can get away with and what I can't. Um, and 
So um, collagen is also really good for the gut. Um, so you can get really religious about these things, so to speak, and get really like into it, or you can be more relaxed. So that's totally up to you, you know, but looking into this, these things, researching them. Um, one thing that I can't really say if it's evidence-based or not, but celery juice is something that's really helped me. It's anti-inflammatory. It gives me a sense of vitality. I drink that at least three times a week, first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And that seems to really help. So you want to get organic celery, um, that sort of thing. But nonetheless, you know, looking for what you need with your gut health. There's a ton of things out there. There's a ton of research, but you need to be tending to it. It's really, really important. Um, of course, exercise and diet is really important. Um, that's number nine. Um, I'm a power lifter and I have a coach, so I'm, I'm pretty much set with what I do in the gym. It keeps me focused. It keeps me grounded. It gives me a challenge. Um, this is what works for me. I also do yoga. I also do some dance sometimes, and I definitely do um, stretching and foam rolling and all this stuff. So I'm a very physical person. I've always been a very physical person. It's the way I process my emotions. Um, and so this is really important for you, finding what helps you get into that space of where you feel strong, you feel that warrior energy, you feel insightful, and it's balanced. You know, if you're doing too much of anything or too little, you know, it can be detrimental. So just finding practices that you enjoy in, in regards to exercise. I mean, then with diet, like I was kind of talking about earlier, it's coinciding with gut health, but definitely making sure you're eating en enough. I think a lot of people, I think a lot is said about eating too much. Um, and I think people just eat too much of the wrong things and then they don't eat enough of the things that our bodies need like micronutrients and macronutrients and you know if you are really active if you are you know spiritually active if you're emotionally active if you're mentally active you know you need to make sure you're eating enough to um, keep your mental and emotional energy up and the thing to keep in mind is that you know you need to be eating like every three to four hours because anytime your blood sugar dips, you know, then your mood is affected, then your immunity is affected, then your stress levels are affected. So once again, going back to that holistic approach. Um, so I'm really proud of you for making it this way, this far through if you're still listening. So that's really awesome because that means you really care about your integration. And so now here we are, number 10, which... Um, it's, it's kind of a little more abstract, but I called it deeper meditation, digging more into your subconscious mind. Um, I think this is for the practitioners of understanding, like, you know, our narratives can be changed like that. We, we're totally flexible. We're totally fluid. Like once you know that, like, you know, that at a core level, um, it kind of makes you more curious to dig more in there. Like what's really going on and like what's really running the show. So I think, you know, finding a personal hypnotherapy practice, finding um, a space where you on, on the reg, so to speak, explore your consciousness with or with somebody else. You know, um, this can be done through like peer counseling, 
Um, you know, you know that someone's going to call you on your stuff. Maybe you have a spiritual teacher who's able to reflect things to you. Um, so you really got to be ready, right? You got to be in the space to be the student. And I'm here to look at my shit basically. And I think, um, this isn't for everybody, you know, but for those of us who are like, you know, you know, however you believe we come to this earth, whatever. And like, I believe that there's, um, it's like karmic cycles and if you don't resolve things in one life, I'll chase you in the next and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm ready. Like, let's do this. Plus you got a lot of time to burn. So you might as well like find all the roadblocks so you can expand and become um, fluid. Right. Um, so that's a whole journey in itself. And then it's like even more exciting because if you're able to master your subconscious mind more, <clears throat> then you're, it, it, it expands in all areas of your life, relationship, career, love, uh, money. Um, what else? Um, <clears throat> and life experiences, the depth of your experiences. I mean, I, I, I can make a whole, whole, whole list. I, I, I anyway, so, um, it's just more enriching. So you can do this through guided meditations. You can do this like kind of like what I said earlier, peer counseling. Um, you can do this through um, um, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, I think. Um, anything that takes you off your default network. So, um, and that could be anything, right? Um Anywhere you're able to let go and not be attached to what you're experiencing. Sometimes it takes a little help from other plant medicines. I'll let your curiosity kind of uh, figure that one out. And um, so, yeah, those are my those are my top ten. I can't really think of anything else, but I really appreciate you guys listening. And if you have any feedback, that'd be awesome. Please let me know if there's other integration techniques that you have tried that you really believe need to be on here, let me know. Um, so I will see you guys next time and remember why you came here.